This episode is brought to you by the Michigan Cherry Committee. Learn more about the wonderfully tart Montmorency cherry at choosecherries.com. This week's Meet and 3 is all about food branding and identity in 2020. The good, the bad, and the ugly. Everybody has some Goya product in their pantry, so obviously the biggest kind of loss from all of this is the students really working with a brand that they're very comfortable with, that they're very familiar with. I'll be honest, I was completely floored. I was very surprised that a company, especially in the current climate, would backtrack out of a commitment to address issues of racism. Tune in to Meet and 3, HRN's weekly food news roundup, wherever you listen to podcasts. Welcome to Life's a Banquet, a podcast about all things edible, spreadable, and pourable. From hell! With your hosts, Zara Tangora. And Nicole Bailey. I'm surprised you didn't go with the spooky one. <laughs> Listen, I practiced intros in the mirror all afternoon, and I did practice a bunch of spooky ones, and ultimately I thought I don't want to be typecast as like a, a creepy ghoul. Hmm. <laughs> If my career in Hollywood takes off, so. Then just don't be a right-wing Republican, am I right? Uh, Hello! (laughs) Or a centrist Democrat. Whoa! Yeah, but I think that ghoul usually is used to refer to the right-wing guys. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you said ghoul. No, ghoul. (laughs) Ah! You know, it's really funny. Do you remember that Jenny told us that there is a Halloween store in, like, near where she's from in New Jersey called... Fun ghoul. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's funny if you if you know that fun what fun ghoul means, people look it up. Anyway, hi. <laughs> hi. Brought to you by Halloween stores. This episode is brought to you by Halloween. Get into it, everyone. It's just around the corner. I'm gonna be the Little Mermaid this year. Okay. Just like Kim Kardashian. What are you gonna be? I don't dress up for Halloween if I can avoid it. Maybe you can dress down if you know what I mean. What do you uh, think? <laughs> <laughs> I'm on one. I just chugged some coffee because I've been feeling quite sleepy this afternoon. It's kind At of 6 p.m. A... you chugged coffee? That's insane. I know. I, I'm cruel to myself. I don't sleep anyway. And now I'm really not going to sleep. But That's fucking crazy, man. Are we supposed to go to the lake tomorrow morning? I guess you're just going to stay up all night. Oh, I'm go- I'm fucking... Yeah, we're going to the lake. I'm going to swim. Hopefully no leeches stick on us. You just... you can, There's not just leeches, like, swimming around in the water. <laughs> <laughs> Picturing a leech, like, doing laps with, like, a little bathing cap, and it's, like, doing the backstroke. Nope. That doesn't happen. That's not how leeches work. They live in the mud. Oh, okay. There are catfish in there, though, probably. Okay, creepy. And we can do some noodling. What's noodling? Where you catch a catfish with your arm. Excuse? Excuse? Yeah, you stick your arm in there, the catfish bites onto it, and then you yank it out of the water. Interesting. And this is still practiced in rural Indiana? There's there's about a million YouTube videos of it. If you care to check it out, I recommend it. Well, you know, Mary, our friend, when we went to go visit her this week gave us some noodle beans could we bring those for the noodling would that help attract catfish no why is it called noodling unclear hmm i guess now we know what we're doing for next week's episode hope everybody lays in the mood for catfish (laughs) and by catfish i mean when somebody tricks you into having phone sex with them on the computer yes i'm from the 90s (laughs) Did that happen in the 90s? That's definitely a 2000s thing. No, no. I just said, like, phone sex on the computer, which, like, dated me to not oh, knowing like how cybering. technology works. <laughs> you should have been, like, with someone cybers you. Tricks that, you into cybering. When you're AOL chatting, and then, like, you switch to chatting <laughs> yeah. on MySpace. No, cybering's when you have sex, but, like, S- chatting sex. Right, 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 right. Well, you don't know what cybering is? Oh, no. I fucking... Excuse, excuse. Again. Yes, I know what cybering is. Okay, um, okay. I had a screen name, but I was like, I didn't do a lot of cybering really. I did like more cyber flirting because I was pretty young when that was happening. I was like a teen, uh, oh, yeah. like I a didn't literal cyber teen. Anybody? 
um chat rooms all that stuff that's dark that's dark band. web you were yes i know that about you actually everyone knows that yeah that's cute <laughs> clarinet mm-hmm. Flute? Mm-hmm. Hmm. interesting what about that wooden reed that always really bothered my lips how how'd you feel about the reeds you just gotta moisten it baby <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> is that what you talked about in your like band chat you're like moisten my reed i didn't have a band chat group i talked <laughs> to strangers probably murderers um, i would like try to be on cool like band chat rooms and then everyone just knew that i was a poser because i was like 12 what do you talk about in a band chat room I don't besides know. moistening like, a reed i'm like oh my god i love uh the smashing pumpkins and they're like you don't even know what their first album is called Oh, like band chat rooms, like of bands you thought were cool, not like the marching band chat room. Oh, yes. Sorry, that wasn't clear. Okay, we've already established that marching bands don't have chat rooms. I don't know. They might have chat rooms, but they're not cool. Do chat rooms still exist? I have no idea. Huh. Probably, like the Gen Zers are going back in time and stealing one more thing from our childhood. (laughs) Do you consider yourself Gen X or a millennial? I'm Gen X. Okay. Do you think? Okay, I am a cusp of a Gen X and a millennial. I'm. You're not. The last year is 1980. I understand, but I was born in 1984, and I think that like, (laughs) I know, but like, I think it's. I fight with Becky about this all the time. I think it's very like hard to say the exact year that something ends. Like, I would say I'm a cusp of a Gen X and a millennial, and I feel more akin to Gen X culture. Than well, I it's because it's cooler. Nobody wants to be a millennial because it's lame. I know, but, like, I remember when Kurt Cobain died, like, and feeling sad about it, even though I was only nine. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, I'm I not... Mean, that's weird. But also, generations are 20 years long, and they're supposed to be or whatever, because back in the olden times, before technology, like, there wasn't that much difference between people who were, you know, right. 20 years apart, because there, there was no, like, major technological advancement, so their life is pretty much the same. Right. But... That's changed when, like, technology happens. So there's so much change. I don't think that generations... First of all, who gives a shit what a generation is anyway? But I know, actually, who be, does give a shit? It really well, doesn't like, matter. Marketing people, I guess? <laughs> yeah, it's, um, like, literally Urban outfitters? Um, <laughs> but, yeah, so, like, who gives a shit, really? But Fuck you, I urban do, outfitters. I do feel pride in my Generation X, although it, it makes me now very old. I'm sneaking into that fucking Gen X suitcase, bro. Bring me along. I can't be here with all these millennials. These people (laughs) don't even, like, talk about smashing pumpkins. I mean, I've talked to some millennials. It's funny. It's just, like, I can't see myself being in the same group of people where someone's, like, 25 now. And they're, like, wearing a Friends t-shirt, like, ironically. You know what I mean? I was like... Did you wear Friends t-shirts non-ironically? I wear my Friends t-shirts very seriously. <laughs> Your very Central seriously. Park and my friend, Yeah, and my Friends pants. <laughs> <laughs> I have a Rachel, and it is not a joke. <laughs> I cut a fucking serious Rachel into my hair the other day. That Quarantine's been hard. Yeah, dude, I'm bringing it back. Listen, yeah, everyone's going to be doing it. Yeah, don't be scared. No, I'm not scared of that, literally anything. Definitely not that, except for frogs. Definitely not a haircut. I tried to get a Rachel when I was, like, in the sixth grade, and it was the fucking ugliest, worst haircut. You know, like, a 12-year-old doesn't really know how to, like, style a hairdo. And I have very thick, like, kind of wild, wavy hair. So, like, I can't even explain what this thing looked like. But I was so (laughs) uncomfortable anyway, figuring out, like, what my look was. Like, I was Yeah, but I bet, like, everyone looked so bad then some people i remember watch being cute movies from like that time period everyone looks so terrible with their frosted eyeshadow <laughs> yeah <laughs> and those tiny little clips in their hair come on i like those baby clips that's something i'd bring back as well little animal clips yeah if you have the rachel they think that'll work great yeah all right you have all those layers all those fucking layers man <laughs> so many layers they're just like <laughs> let's see how many steps we can put into this hair of yours how yeah. many lengths they cut just like one inch like up your head? Well, that from was the like when to the top. like having an obvious haircut was a thing. I remember I used to literally go to like the Barnes and Noble and study 
haircuts in the haircut magazines because I had really short hair. So I was like trying to get like a super cool short haircut with like spikes in the back. Like the John and Kate plus eight haircut was actually oh, cool at one point. Yeah, yeah, with the flat front, like a flat yeah. gel. I definitely bang. had a, a version of that in college, but it was cool. Yeah, I did too. <laughs> I had that too when I was in like, hmm. I think I had that when I was kind of in middle school and it was short and kind of spiky in the back, flat in the front and like dyed blonde in the front. And I'd wear like giant polo shirts and Jenkos and like, oh God, it's making me upset to think about it. Yeah. And one time during this specific period in time, I actually peed in my pants in class. One of my friends made me laugh so hard that I peed in my pants. And this I, has like, always been an issue for you, peeing. Oh, <laughs> always. <laughs> peeing and me just can't seem to see eye to eye. Do you say peeing has always been an issue or, or yeah. my hair? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Peeing. Yeah, yeah. I'm triggered. I have to go. <laughs> um, okay, later. Okay, bye. <laughs> Should we talk about our topic since Amanda is cruel and unusually told us we have exactly 55 minutes to record this episode today? I know. I thought we were going to go for a tight hour and a half. You know, Amanda, some podcasts let them go for over an hour and a half. You know, they just keep going. Yeah. And I listen faithfully to that podcast. <laughs> yeah, my favorite podcast, The Joe Rogan Show. I do oh. want to complain about my hair, though. I just look, took it down. It's, like, so long and, like, straggly. I feel like it looks like a character in a movie that's, like, the poor mom that only has, like, one line. And she always has, like, a center <laughs> part and, like, thin, straggly hair. Like, that's what my hair looks like. I'm thinking about, like, um, this is incorrect, but for some reason I just started thinking about the mom and Mr. Mom with Michael but Keaton. She's hot, though. She's hot. It's Terry Gar, right? Yes. But I think it's, that like, I'm thinking of him. He plays but as her, Mr. you know mom. what I mean? <laughs> he plays Miss Your Mom. He plays Senior Mom. <laughs> but you know what? Don't worry about your hair because tomorrow when we go to the lake, I'll bring my hair cutting scissors and I'll give you a Rachel. Okay, or a Monica if you want. Yeah, more layers. Okay. <laughs> you do the illusion of volume. That's how you do that. A seven layer haircut <laughs> dip. Yeah. Speaking uh, of seven layers, our okay. topic today is... Satan, for some reason. (laughs) (laughs) I had a really hard time figuring out what the fuck to do with this topic. I know, I I stole the good good portion. Yeah, so basically what I did was I just Googled satanic foods, and this is what I fucking pulled out of the internet from that. A bunch of, a vignette, a pile of vignettes, if you will. Okay, let's hear it. Okay, my first, I'm going to start off mean right off the bat. Um, (laughs) Coming in hot. My first... Uh, thing that I'm going to share with you guys is a question that someone asked a Bible website called neverthirsty.org. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite website. And I have to read it verbatim to you because there's no other way for me to explain to you, for me to share with you this experience. So the Bible question is, the first question is, what does the Bible say about eating food prepared by the worshipers of Satan? <laughs> um, okay. Okay. I have an individual who works for me who considers herself a white witch. She brings in, on occasion, items that she has baked. What does God's word say in reference to eating food prepared by people who worship Satan or any other idol? I was uncomfortable taking a piece, and I believe the Holy Spirit was speaking to me. What does God's word say? (laughs) I feel kind of bad making fun of this person, but also this is funny. I'm laughing. They're asking for it. (laughs) Who cares? I mean, don't feel that bad for them. They're going to heaven. We're going to hell. Um, so basically, he gives her an answer out of the Bible that's super, super long. He quotes the Bible, whatever. That's what people come to this website for. Sure. Um, but in conclusion, he says, Beyond the biblical principle about eating or not eating things sacrificed to idols or gods, it appears that she is simply baking items to be shared with others. <laughs> Biblically, there is no reason you cannot eat them. <laughs> However, if you are struggling, then don't eat her baked goods. It is possible that the Holy Spirit is warning you not to eat for some other reason. Is it possible this might open a door for you to share Jesus with her? Oh, my God. I thought he was going to say, is it possible you have a celiac disease? (laughs) Anyway. That's amazing. org. Check it out. Wow. Uh, moving on, this is something that you may remember. I sort of vaguely remember this, um, but didn't really think that much about it at the time. But now it's so great for my little vignette here. Is um, woman claims that Monster Energy drink is a tool of the devil. So <laughs> this was no. making the rounds in the internet 
for a while and then it kind of came back but this happened in 2014 this woman made a presentation at a book fair about oh. how monster energy drink is the tool of the devil so her claims her evidence are that the sign there's like an m symbol on the side of the can mm-hmm. um but it's not actually an m it's three depictions of the hebrew letter bob which <laughs> can be used for the number six. It's used for a bunch of different things, but it can okay. be number six. So then you sure. got 666, which is the mark of the beast. Right? Yeah, mark of the beast. And then Monster's slogan is unleash the beast. Oh, wow. <laughs> excuse, excuse, Monster. And her final, final piece of evidence is that there is a Christian cross on the O. So basically on the bottom, it says the whole word monster. And there's a little like kind of a cross in there. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. And she's saying that when you tip it up to take a drink out of the can that turns into an upside down cross right which is a satan satan Uh, symbol yeah and then that makes the devil laugh and she quote (laughs) i quote her she says this is how clever satan is and how he gets into a christian home and a christian life and breaks god's heart wow imagine believing so much in satan and being scared (laughs) of it to the point where you're scared of energy drinks that sounds like i don't know it sounds more interesting than my life honestly well, I think the thing is, if you if you if you're immersed in a world where you hear certain phrases over and over again, like we hear "unleash the beast," it doesn't occur to us to think sure. about Satan. But for her, the mark of the beast is always called about the beast. She's like the beast is Satan, so she automatically is associating the beast with Satan. And then from there, she does all of her scientific research to find out that it actually is Satan's energy drink. It sounds like it. I wonder what she thinks about beauty and the beast. I guess that's off the table. I don't know. She probably has a whole thing. I think Disney was accused of being satanic at some point. She accused. Um, (laughs) Moving on to food items that have Satan in the name. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I love that I'm just reading a Google search to you guys, and you have to listen. It's very funny. It's It's a curated Google search, okay? It's great. Um, Some of this is on, like, page seven of the Google search, so I really dug in there. Whoa, man. So we have Satan's Blood Chili Pepper Extract Hot Sauce. Uh Uh-huh. I got a review of this from (laughs) (laughs) CayenneDiane.com. Which is a real website where they review hot sauce. (laughs) I encourage you to visit. Oh, no, I'm going to pee in my Jenkos. Okay, this hot sauce is so stupid, or I don't know. First of all, it's not even a hot sauce, it's like an additive, because it's so hot, you, you can't like put it, as you can't mouth. use it as a hot sauce. So okay. it has 800,000 Scovilles of pepper extract, so you're supposed to like add it to your food, like your Whoa. chili or something. That sounds like um, a lot. What's a normal amount of Scoville, like a Rory Scoville? Whoa. I think this is, I don't know, I think this is on... Is that like the Gilmore Girls or something? No, he's a stand-up comedian. Oh. Um, the only Rory that I know is Gilmore Girls. What about my and cousin Rory? I don't know him. Uh, <laughs> 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 but this shit comes in a vial, like a blood vial. So it's like a 1.35 ounce <laughs> vial. And it ha- I looked at the ingredients and it's pepper extract and balsamic vinegar. <laughs> What the fuck? Why? To make it to make it look like Satan's blood, I guess. Oh, good lord! I know. Also, Help would Satan's us. blood really be red? Let's think about that for a minute. Okay, that's interesting. Um, there's another one that I thought was fun. It's called the Flamethrower Candy Corporation Toe of Satan Lollipop. This is Whoa. the world's hottest lollipop. <laughs> <laughs> Just when you thought lollipops were safe. It's in the shape of a toe. Satan's toe, so it's like a pointy nail. Ew, what the fuck? It has like a 900,000 scope. It has like so many. There's YouTube videos of people crying while trying to eat them. So check those out as well. Good job, America. You've done it. Satan's toe, the hottest lollipop in the world. Pesci boys wondered which one that was. <laughs> I have been looking for a very spicy lollipop recently. None of the lollipops I eat are spicy enough for me. Um, okay, just randomly going down. I actually didn't, this didn't come up in the Google search. I pulled this out of my own. But on January 20th, 1982, Ozzy Osbourne bit the head off a bat at a concert. And, you know, Black Sabbath was part of the satanic panic, metal is evil whole situation. So I feel like sure. this works because he's eating. Oh, yeah, he's a bat. eating a bat. Yeah. Um, it's 
debatable whether or not that bat was alive when he bit it. Probably it wasn't. Allegedly, someone just threw the bat, someone that he knew, threw the bat in a paper bag across the stage. Batman? Did the bat live? No, he bit the whole head off of it. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um, but regardless of whether or not it was real, he did go to the hospital after that concert to get rabies shots. So something happened. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't eat raw bats. And he is the reason that we have coronavirus. He's patient zero. Also, but do you think about this? This hardcore, like, metal musician guy biting the head off a bat, and then he's like, okay, guys, take me to the hospital for <laughs> my rabies shots. Such a square. He's no lemmy. If he was that. really metal, he would have just gotten rabies. I'd yeah, say. exactly. Rabies is the most metal thing you can do. Start foaming okay. at the mouth, the whole bit. And finally, I'm going to tell you about a movie that the New York Times review really got me excited about, and then I was a little bit disappointed, but still sounds cool. So the New York Times review of this movie is Satanic Panic, a pizza party for the Prince of Darkness. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But it turns out that's not exactly an accurate description of this film. It is called Satanic Panic. It stars Rebecca Romaine, and it's from 2019. And the premise is that a pizza delivery gal doesn't get a tip at a mansion. And then so she breaks into the mansion right during the middle of like a satanic ritual where they have <gasps> to put Satan in a virgin and comedy horror ensues. Oh, wow. All right. I used to be a pizza delivery girl. I feel like I could connect to this on a cellular level. I would watch level. this movie. Let's watch it tonight. In fact, <clears throat> I will watch this movie. Great. I give it two thumbs up before even seeing it. That's all I, I have. I give it two long devil toes up. Yeah, the world's um, hottest lifehouse. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's a real red flag. Like, I always think of, like, red flags when you're dating new people, and that's definitely one for me. Someone who's, like, obsessed with, like, competitive spice. I, oh, yeah, I like the person who food. would go to the Heatonist, the mm, hot right. sauce shop on Bedford Avenue, which I think is closed. But <laughs> R.I.P. They're in hell. Anyone who watched inside <laughs> of that place will never have sex with me. The Heatonist is the one business that survived in New York City. <laughs> Everyone needs hot sauce. They're like, I realize I have no job and I'm I'm sick and everything sucks, but I do need some very hot hot sauce. Yeah, I don't I don't vibe. That's a red flag for me. Not some people who eat spicy food. I love spicy food, but just the yeah. But when you're like, okay, so this is an example. I when I was home, there was like a ghost pepper Cheeto or something, and like ghost pepper is like the hottest pepper there is. Um, I just say yeah, competitive spiciness is not for me either and i feel like it's very like 2009 <laughs> yeah it went the way of the brussels sprout it's over okay goodbye um yeah all right well those are amazing actually i don't think you should at all poo poo your segment because i laughed and i cried and i had a ball yeah and now you know about neverthirsty.org and oh. kai and diane Kai and Diane. <laughs> Kai and Diane, call us. You could be a sponsor of this show. It sounds like you got something. You can be a sponsor. Flamethrower Toe of Satan can be a sponsor. Satan's Blood. Right. Be a sponsor. This show, I mean, that's how, you know, little few listeners we have. We are brought to you by the world's spiciest Satan toe-shaped lollipop. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, here's a word from our real sponsors. This episode is brought to you by the Michigan Cherry Committee. A cherry isn't just a cherry. When it comes to tart cherries, the wonderfully U.S.-grown Montmorency tart cherry variety is the cherry with more. They're available year-round, dried, frozen, canned, juice, and concentrate. U.S. Montmorency tart cherries are also one of America's superfruit, which means they're good for you. Tart cherries contain many antioxidants and beneficial phytonutrients, including anthocyanins, the pigments that give tart cherries their beautiful red color. And don't forget about flavor. U.S. Montmorency's unique sour-sweet profile makes them an excellent addition to yogurt, oatmeal, salads, trail mix, and of course, a classic cherry pie. Learn more about the wonderfully U.S.-grown Montmorency tart cherry at ChooseCherries.com. And we 
have arrived back where we started at the beginning. Nicole, hello. Yes. Hmm? How are you? Are you ready for some facts about food that I'm going to read off my computer to you? Oh, I cannot wait. In a way where it's very obvious. That's probably my least good skill is doing this podcast, honestly. I'm just like... Least (laughs) good skill. I'm like, okay, so here's me trying to read and stuttering over my words each week. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Are you ready? I'm going to start with a joke because You know, you can take like an acting class and it'll teach you how to read, you know. Oh, really? Like I can practice my cadence? Which mm-hmm. wrist watches are Swiss wrist watches? Which wrist watches are Swiss wrist watches? I have yeah. a little bit of like a, I think it's from being from Long Island. I would like to, I'm going to call it like a lazy tongue. So <clears throat> I find myself often stumbling over words because it's just like, I feel like I have too much tongue in my mouth. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And I'm yeah. single, fellas. So anyway, here's a joke. Um, it's not easy being a dyslexic devil worshiper. If you're not careful, you could end up selling your soul to Santa. <laughs> oh, man. Fucking A. All right. <clears throat> I got my information today from a couple of really great websites. One called Wikipedia. Not sure if you've ever heard of it. Another no. called Smithsonian.com. And a third called Ancestors and Aprons. Oh, I saw that Smithsonian article. Will you please read the title to everyone because I love it. I actually, I don't have the title in front of me. What is it? What? It's like deviled eggs and other foods from hell or something like oh, that. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah, that sounds about right. I read so many, like, silly titles. Like, one was everything you <laughs> wanted to know. I didn't really use this article, but it was everything you ever wanted to know about deviled eggs, but were uh, about deviled ham, but were afraid to ask. <laughs> I think I read that article before because my <laughs> sister likes ham salad, which is the same thing. And I have always wondered why. Yeah, it is curious. Shannon, please let us know. What do you love so much about ham salad? Is it put a, the ham? A Hawaiian roll. And oh, wow. Okay. I think that's gross. Well, a Hawaiian roll is like a sweet brioche kind of vibey. Yeah. Yeah, I've never had... We, we don't have those here in New York, really. They don't? <clears throat> I've never... I've never seen one. That's that crazy. doesn't mean they don't exist. I've never been to Hawaii. Me either. It's too Can funny. you believe that? <clears throat> Yeah, I'm shocked. Yeah, isn't that shocking? You would think I've been to Hawaii, but I have not. Um, Okay, I'm going to read you a little bit about the philosophical concept of Satanism. Now, we kind of touched on this last week. I think people think Satanism, and they automatically think um, devil worship, and that it's all about, like, you know, worshiping Satan. But really, it's like... Wait, you're going to talk about Satanism first, before the deviled foods? Yeah, I'm just going to say no. something really quick about Satanism so we all okay. are on the same page so we know what's going on. <laughs> me, you, the devil makes three. Isn't Got that a song? It. You and me and the devil makes three. Who sings yeah. that? The same guy who's saying the devil went down to Georgia, probably. Oh. <laughs> the devil's in the details. Okay, so the philosophical concepts at the heart of Satanism, I am quoting this, are atheism, scientific skepticism, evolutionary biology, social Darwinism, Heroic, individualism, meritocracy, hierarchy, pragmatism, uh, dark romantic realism, humor, carnality, Epicurean indulgence, uh, vitality, Faustian will to explore cutting edge technology tempered by a respect for the past and a passion for wildlife and nature. Bet you guys Mm. didn't know that. I mean, Nicole, you may have, but Amanda, I know you're not listening, but I bet you didn't know that about Satan, did you? Okay, great. Social Darwinism has been sort of... Well, these Satanists believe it. What was the dark romantic what? Uh, Let's see. Dark romantic realism. (laughs) Which is basically what I'm about. Totally. All day, every day. very gothy. Yeah. Yep. I put on my long fake Satan toenails for this episode. Um, Okay. So deviled foods. Now, deviled foods are generally like kind of they they refer to as being like spicy but none of them are ever spicy because it's like it was invented in rome as i'm going to tell you about like like dates back to rome and andalusia but essentially these deviled foods were popularized in like england and america by a bunch of bland boring whites so spicy to bland boring whites especially in the 1700s are like is mustard so yeah i mean also the catholic church invented satanism the Catholic Church invented Satanism? 
Mm-hmm. And deviled eggs? Yeah, apparently. All deviled um, foods, I would guess. You can't call deviled eggs deviled eggs in church, though. Isn't that interesting? You can't? Not really, no, because it's too, it's too scary. What do you call it, then? I don't remember. It's down here in my notes somewhere. I'll tell you in a minute. <clears throat> okay, so deviled foods became popular in the 1700s, um, and they were always things that had mustard and black pepper. Um, and they also would devil things like... We think of, like, deviled eggs mostly and sometimes deviled ham, although I don't think about deviled ham all that much, to be honest. Very, um, like, 60s. It's very 60s. Uh, but they deviled things like mutton and tongue and crab and shrimp. And <clears throat> sea animals? Oh, I guess they're in Italy. Yeah, deviled crabs were a thing. So, and it still is a thing. Um, so deviled eggs were pop- very popular in, like, post-World War II America and, like, the 50s. We, like, see if you look at, like, vintage, like, 50s, 60s cocktail parties, there's surely always going to be a deviled egg. But they trace the roots back of deviled eggs to Rome, uh, ancient Rome, where eggs were boiled, seasoned with spicy sauces, and then served at the beginning of the meal, a first course known as gustayo for wealthy cool. partitions. Yeah. Um, serving eggs, they, they always had an egg at the beginning of the meal, and they would call it aba uva usque aramala. And <laughs> I know. I practice that in the mirror for real. Um, and it, mean, it translates to eggs to apples or from the beginning to the end of the meal. Like um, soup to nuts. Exactly. Soup to nuts. Which I so, hate the phrase, by the way. I don't, does that just mean the same thing? Like A to Z? Like it's all the. Yeah. I don't feel like soup and nuts are really all that far apart. So that's. I feel like, I guess apparently you start the meal with soup and then you end it with nuts. But also people say soup to nuts a lot in like corporate settings or in my nonprofit job. Soup to nuts was thrown around a lot and it gives me chills. Yeah. It sounds like something like a man who's wearing like bad cologne who just pooped, who's wearing like a tie that's a little bit too long. Um, would say no it's Which mostly is- like chicks in nonprofits. oh really <laughs> yeah well we are having a different fantasy my friend okay. so in the 13th century stuffed eggs became popular in andalusia and there was like recipes this actually sounds very de- delicious um you'd mix the egg yolk with cilantro onion juice pepper and and i thought maybe you'd like um onion juice because i know you don't like whole chunks of onion yeah so they just like grate the onion use the juice pepper coriander and then you'd whip them up with like fish sauce and mm. olive oil and salt and put the mixture back into the egg white and then it's delicious it does and then you put the two halves together and you'd fasten it together with a small stick <laughs> like a toothpick i at that time it was probably just a, a stick with bark on it i don't know if they had invented the toothpick yet huh. but it sounds good Okay, the first known printed mention of, quote, devil as a culinary term appeared in, in 1786 in Great Britain. Uh, again, it was referencing food that was kind of mixed together with, like, cream and mustard and Worcestershire sauce. Um, deviling became known as making food spicy, but again, it was never actually really spicy. And they would call it different things. But was mustard really spicy back then, though? I think mustard was probably a bit hotter, but I mean, I think it's a different spice, right? Like a wasabi spicy, like spice that comes from mustard to me is very different than like spice that comes from like capsaicin from like hot peppers. It's it's not like a spice that's going to last in your tongue and more like, you know what I mean? It just addresses a different part of your senses. But if you're in the 1700s, like what do you know, you know? Yeah, you're like, that's a spicy egg. (laughs) That's a spicy (laughs) egg of all. The devil is in there. (laughs) The terror's a devil in this fucking egg. Um, They called them salad eggs, mimosa eggs, stuffed eggs, dressed eggs. Um, oh, yeah, dressing is fancy. Okay, so this is what they called them at church functions because they didn't want to talk about Satan. So they would call them mimosa eggs or, like, dressed eggs. Mimosa eggs is strange. Mimosa like the, eggs. Because it's the color of a mimosa? <clears throat> I didn't... I have no idea why. Maybe because you eat them with a mimosa? They didn't have um, mimosas back then. Sure, they did at church. Everyone was drinking mimosas. That's what the original blood was, and the body was the <laughs> egg. Mm. <laughs> Only recently did this change. Um, okay, so Fanny Farmer had a cookbook in 1896 called the Boston Cooking School Cookbook. Um, and it was the earliest, <laughs> the famous, everybody's favorite cookbook, the Boston Cooking School Cookbook. It is actually famous, cookbook. though. Oh, is it? Yeah, Fanny Farmer is very famous. Like, that I, cookbook is hard to find. But no, I've actually, heard of actually her. not that hard to find because it's been reprinted a lot. 
but I didn't know that I hadn't heard of the cookbook. Excuse once more. Um, anyway, this is the first time that anyone talked about putting mayonnaise in the egg. No one was talking about it. <laughs> Zero people. <laughs> Nobody. And then, like, mayonnaise was available commercially, as we, as everybody remembers from our mayonnaise episode, in 1907. But they didn't start really putting it into deviled eggs until, like, the 40s. So, in America? Didn't the, the French didn't do this before us? I don't, I didn't see anything about French people eating deviled eggs. Deviled, uh-huh, deviled oats. That. Take that, French people. Although, like, in France, it's very popular to have eggs mayonnaise, but, you know, that's right. typically, like, just a hard-boiled egg or a medium-boiled egg with mayonnaise, but not, like, the whole mushed-up situation. I so, bet, I mean, they're definitely inspired <clears throat> by each other. I'm sure that they've deviled an egg or two over there. Like, copying, like, I feel like the America was loosely copying French cooking styles. Yeah, I don't really think that, like, most of American food just came from like really inventive crusty old whites they're like you know the inventors of turtle soup didn't also bring you the deviled egg um so a vintage (laughs) cookbook from rector's which was like kind of like they're comparing it here in this article to delmonico's it was like delmonico's competitor uh in the 1880s had all different kinds of deviled foods on their menu they had deviled oysters that which came with uh, cayenne and oyster liquor and hot milk and cream. Hmm. They had stuffed deviled crab rector, okay. um, which sounds a lot like rectum to me, but that's fine. And rector is a religious fellow. Re- rector is the rest name of the restaurant, um, but it ah, also sounds. But like it's rectum. also a religious position. Is it like you, really? Yeah, you you become a rector. Oh, the rectory. Yeah. Oh yeah, I've heard of the rectory, but I didn't know that was based on a, an actual real person. <laughs> I'm learning so much. I grew it's up a without religion. of the clergy who has charge of a parish. Oh, okay. What up, Rector? This show brought to you by Big Rector. Um, <laughs> it uses one pound of crab meat with cream sauce, and it's seasoned with cayenne and dry mustard and Worcestershire sauce. Um, they had ham rector, which was basically the same thing, except to make it a la rector, it came, the presentation came surrounded by a, quote, ring of risotto. <laughs> Fascinating. Amazing. Um, okay. So in the 1920s, Buffalo cook, Cooking School cookbook, uh, there was deviled sandwiches on Boston brown bread, and you spread a mixture of almonds, sweet pickles, Worcestershire sauce, chutney, and cottage cheese seasoned with paprika. I don't know how you'd feel about this, because I know you don't love sweet pickles. Is that true? But you do like cottage cheese. Yeah, I don't know. That sounds wild. I know, it does sound like... It sounds kind of like the place you sent me the other day that makes food that has too many ingredients. Yeah, it's got chutney and almonds. Chutney and almonds and sweet and pickles, pickles. And Worcestershire. It's like, relax, deviled sandwich. <laughs> sandwich fra diablo, uh, which I'm going to talk about in a minute. Uh, okay. Although, a Branson pickle is like chutney and pickle. I don't know. Oh, right. Yeah, you are talking about that. I'm not um, a food historian, okay? <laughs> get off. Get off her back. <laughs> Um, And then they had deviled tomatoes in the same cookbook. So deviled really is, like, basically anything that kind of has either Worcestershire or mustard. Because then the tomatoes were, like, slices of tomato cooked in butter with mustard, sugar, egg yolk, and raw egg. This sounds fucking crazy. We should not even talk about this anymore. I don't understand. It's, like, insane. I don't even think that's a dish. It's just a bunch of ingredients listed in a row. It's it's too much to handle. You know what I was picturing when you said deviled tomatoes is, like, those old 70s or 60s cookbooks where the tomato's cut in half with, like, a jagged edge around it, you know? Yes. Yeah, like a deviled And out and filled up with, like, egg salad. Totally. How long does it take to cut a tomato that way, like, with little spikes in it? And also, you have to have a really sharp knife. That's crazy. You must, there has to be, like, a knife that does that for you. Just yeah, the t- deviling knife. I'm going to get to that. Um, and then here's a thing that I didn't know much about, and it's called deviled ham. Now, you're saying that your sister likes ham salad, which is kind of the same thing. There's a company that had been making deviled ham for ages, and they are called Underwood. And <laughs> they have a devil logo, and they have the oldest trademark food trademark that's still in existence oh they have like the cans the little mm-hmm. devil on them yeah. yeah exactly they make deviled chicken they make deviled roast beef and they make deviled tongue and that much is, like you that is terrifying uh yeah much like you i wanted to read some reviews from deviled the, roast beef yeah it's just like deviled beef it's just beef i guess that's smushed up 
like a it's beef a spread. spread. It's a beef. It's spreadable roast beef in a can. Okay. Here is a review from Amazon. Uh, come on. This is definitely written by Underwood, the company. Come on. It's Underwood deviled ham. This is the king of all deviled meat products. Nothing compares to its spiced hammy goodness when spread on delicious white bread and a thin schmear of Miracle Whip. Breakfast, lunch, dinner, or just a snack, Underworld Devil of the Ham is the best. That's definitely not a, a, a real review, but I thought I mean, it was funny. My sister probably wrote that review. <laughs> and then this is another one that I thought was funny. Book Lover says, this is one star. I used to eat this a lot, but this batch this particular handcrafted batch but this batch is so salty all caps it almost made me ill i couldn't eat it what happened this stuff used to be so good nothing better than a deviled ham sandwich with mayo and super fresh fluffy bread but this stuff is not edible also seven of my cans hidden in the middle of the case were badly dented i still have the whole case which i'm saving to see if my 21 year old son will eat when it comes when he comes home from college (laughs) he'll eat anything what year was this written He'll eat anything. I don't know. I'll just Her send son it to is sc- Mikey. I'll just, yeah. I'll just send it to school with him, and he can feed it to his roommates. <laughs> Hungry college guys tend not to be too picky. Don't buy don't this know. if you don't like a lot of salt eh. in your ham. Um, okay, and then another one-star review down here. 24 can case. Liquefied contents in 50% of the cans. Ate it three times, got sick three times, <laughs> threw it out. <laughs> I will never eat slash buy this again. Not like I remember it from years ago, dot, dot, dot. They ate the liquefied contents? They, yeah, and got ill thrice. I mean, I'm always suspicious when people think that they know what made them sick, but I love that this person tried three times. Yeah, they're like, I must, I just have to, like, prove it to myself. It couldn't possibly be this liquid canned ham with dents in it. <laughs> anyway. All right, so then now... Is it, on, what movie is it? Is it Curly Sue where they dent the cans on purpose so they can get a discount on them? I don't remember, but I loved uh, that movie when I was a kid. I feel like I'm that's when I learned. That movie taught me that you can get a discount on dented cans, which I don't think is true anymore, but you used to be able to, apparently. I haven't tried it. All right, so my next thing I want to talk about is Fra Diablo. I used to have a funny joke with my ex Oh, wait, I have... I read it. I pulled up the Underwood website... Oh, yeah, go ahead. I just want to read their description of their roast beef spread. Oh, which thank you. Is... I wish you would. <laughs> roast beef makes for a hearty sandwich, but you don't always have fresh beef on hand. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. So grab some roast beef spread and get that meaty roast beef flavor anytime you have a craving for it. <laughs> wow. Yeah, it's true. You could just spread it on anything. And it, it is hard. Not everybody has fresh beef. That's very fair. Also, the world is ending. We should all get a couple cans of beef up in this piece. Yeah, potted meat. It's fine. Yeah, can that shit. All right. So, Fra Diablo uh, used to have a great joke with my ex-boyfriend, Luke, about Fra Diablo and talk about, like, the worst scenario. Like, how bad could you be, like, meeting your boyfriend's new family? And we had a character we developed called Girlfriend Fra Diablo. <laughs> like, you go to, like, the new person's house. And you just, like, start burping and eating things out of their fridge and blah, blah. That's a girlfriend Fra Diablo moment. Or okay. it could be worse. I think you had to be there. I don't think so at all. Guys, <laughs> I'm going to keep talking about this. So, another thing that girlfriend Fra Diablo could do is, you know, she could go to a backyard barbecue and stick her hand directly in the potato salad. And then she just turns to the camera and stands right into it. And it's like... Makes one of those shrugs and goes, girlfriend, Fra Diablo. Anyone can be a Fra Diablo. You could have a Basset Hound Fra Diablo. You could have a Goldfish Fra Diablo. You could have I don't a... think people know what Fra Diablo means. From like hell. We... From hell it means. It means brother. It means brother devil. But, like, <laughs> we, I always think it means, like, from Think of it as meaning from hell. So, like, girlfriend from hell. Girlfriend, brother, devil. Everybody else is laughing at this at home. You're just being a wet blanket. Okay. I don't know, man. No, no, it's funny. Trust me. I already tested it on a test audience earlier today. So okay. this is from Pasina.com. The 1770s, there lived a... This is where the name comes from, Freddy Avlo. And then I researched this person, and he is a famous warrior. He's basically like the Italian version of the guy from Braveheart, whatever that guy's <laughs> name was. Mel Gibson. Mel Gibson, yes. Okay. So the 1770s, there His was His name a, is Freedom. His, yes, exactly. Did I ever tell you when I wanted to... Oh, it's to, William Wallace. Right, right. I'm William Wallace, and I need teepee for my bunghole. Right? That was his famous line. 
See, uh, I'm, f- I'm a Gen Xer. Yeah, totally. I watched Beavs and Butthead. All right. 1770s, there lived a young boy by the name of Michael Peza in Naples, who at an early age survived a harsh childhood sickness that nearly killed him. As a part of the old Italian tradition, now this is crazed, Italians, you're all on, on notice for being insane. Peza and the other youngsters who recovered from serious illness were dressed as tiny monks on the second Sunday after Easter for a yearly procession in honor of the patron saint of sick children. <laughs> St. Francis of Paola. Huh. Yeah, Italians are not so. I can say that. For I am part of them. All right, so little Michele was apparently such a notorious handful on the on these solemn occasions that someone once labeled him Fra Diablo, <laughs> meaning brother devil. The highly combustible nickname stuck, and in an extreme example of a self-fulfilling prophecy, Michele Fra Diablo Pezza went on to live a hot-tempered early life before growing up to be eventually... Uh, lead Italian insurgent in a revolution against French occupiers. Did they win? No, I don't know. I didn't look. Uh, he ended up being um, uh, captured eventually, but after a long, long, long time of like being like a true warrior. <laughs> so I don't know. He Whose side it. am I supposed to be on? The French? I or don't the know. Italians? I don't. I think we should just like stay out of it. To be completely frank. Okay, let's stay out of it. Okay. Uh, and then I want to read you a quick uh, excerpt from an article, a 1996 article uh, by Flo Fab in the Failing New York Times, where she talks not too kindly, to be honest, about lobster fra diablo, which <laughs> is an Italian-American dish, but she is, like, has no love for it. It's, it's like, kind of reminded me of... Do you remember the article I read about from the New York Times that was about, like, Bill Clinton's diet in Little Rock, and it kept talking so poorly about fat? Yes. Okay, so that's kind of the the tone of this article as well. What year is it from? 1996. Oh, okay. We, we still hate fat then, right, in the 90s? We hated fat then. This doesn't have a lot to do with fat, but it's more about, like, thick sauces. And, like, it's like a hate, kind of a hate piece on, uh, it's a big middle finger to Italian-American food. Being, like, it's, you know, heavy and gross and whatever and not real Italian. Yeah, so it's, it's not California cuisine, that's for sure. Exactly. So, whatever. <laughs> I suck it. Um the article a couple that just quotes a bunch of different like italian americans and you know real italians who and cook mostly cookbook authors so this one woman says quote oh dear sighed anna Teresa callan the italian born cookbook author and cooking teacher when asked about it it's not an italian dish it's really another italian american invention i've never seen it in italy and i suspect that it came from long island <laughs> word very rude anna Teresa callan yeah Hopefully it came from Long Island, like everything else amazing in this world. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, James Beard called lobster fra diablo an Italian version of lobster alla merakin, a French specialty from Brittany. Uh, his recipe... That's so many places, I don't understand. <laughs> I know. It's a lot. It's called la American. It's from Brittany. It's from but Brittany, it's French. And, okay. Yeah, and Britney Spears loves it. Hit, free Britney. Hit, hit, free Britney. His recipe in American cookery calls for the lobster in cognac, and he serves it with rice, and it's made with tomatoes, onion, garlic, and mace, and there's no hot pepper in it, so it is certainly not Fra Diablo, and I don't I know. I say no to this. No, absolutely not. Um, he's wrong. But didn't, um, maybe it's the tomato element, because didn't they think that tomatoes were, like, satanic at some point? In Oh, I didn't know that. That's amazing. Yeah. How incredible. They thought you, if you ate them... I don't know if they thought they were poisonous or satanic, maybe both. I don't know. Well, they're nightshade, so maybe that's where it came from. Like I said, not a food historian. The devil went down to the tomato patch. Giuliano <laughs> Bugali, another cookbook author and cooking teacher, said it was invented in New York. We don't even have American lobsters in Italy, he added. And a heavy tomato sauce with hot pepper, seafood, and pasta all in one dish is not Italian cooking. I Wait, think it came well, from a restaurant okay, that was near the old... I have a question. So, <laughs> is he saying that... <laughs> The lobsters that are in Italy are Italian lobsters and not American lobsters. Yeah, they and speak Italian. I didn't they know have that there tiny were like suits. different nationalities for lobsters. Are yeah. they different? Are they big different? Well, yeah, there are different lobsters um, around. There aren't like main style lobsters really anywhere else than on like the East Coast and in Canada. Oh, like okay. if you go to the West Coast, you go to the Caribbean, they have spiny lobsters that don't really have very big claws. And that's the same thing I in Italy. See. 
Yeah. Okay, well then that's fine. I just think it's very funny. Like we don't even have American lobsters here. Yeah, he's like, <laughs> there's no America. There's no more houses in Tuscany. We don't even have American lobsters in Italy. And the heavy tomato sauce with hot pepper, seafood, pasta on one dish is not Italian cooking. I think he came from a restaurant that was near the old Met around 38th and Broadway. So everybody's trying to claim that it's not theirs, except for the person who owns Patsy's Pizzeria, which is like, we invented it, and Frank Sinatra loved it. Hmm. Where that's is, my story. Is that in L.A.? No, Patsy's is, like, all over New York. They're, like, the original one, I don't remember which street it is on, but there's, like, a bunch of them now in New York. Or there were before the, you know, all restaurants closed. Hmm. Yeah. So that's my story. I'm sick of it. I watched a documentary about Frank Sinatra recently. I just started watching it, too, but I actually found it to be a bit boring. It's boring and also very, like, nice. Yeah. So I feel like they're not going to talk about how he was abusive to his family members right it's a puff piece for sure even though his wife is his original his og wife is the original nancy sinatra she's interviewed in there but i yeah. know i but thought it was boring my sister fell asleep during it <laughs> yeah two two thumbs down he was right. you know his whole thing is interesting though yeah he has an interesting story and a voice of an of an angel speaking yeah, of hell really hard to make it that way so he's like not a natural Nobody naturally sings like this. <laughs> That's for sure. <laughs> Baby, Nicole, what are your three favorite devilish foods? Um, I like devil's food cake. Mm. I think, although nobody really knows what it is. Yeah, I just kind of avoided it altogether because the devil versus the angel. I don't know. Something about it just seemed racist to me. I didn't even want to talk about it. Mm, okay. I don't think that's... <laughs> um, I, I just wasn't going near it. Plus, it's fine. It's devil's food cake I don't think you like because it's chocolate icing with chocolate frosting. No, devil's food cake doesn't have to have chocolate frosting. That's true. Just the cake meat part of it is just chocolate. Yeah, but I read the Wikipedia on it and they're like, we don't really know what the difference between regular chocolate cake and devil's food chocolate cake is, so sue us. Right. I mean, I just, I guess I just thought of it because everyone talks it talks of it in relation to Angel's food cake. I have I never know. heard those two together. Yeah, everything <laughs> I read was like, devil's food cake is the opposite of Angel's food cake. That's all it's over not, the internet. It's not, though, because Angel's I food know. cake is made with egg whites. Correct. They're totally different, but the internet is all a Twitter Okay, whatever. Comparison. Um, I like those devil. There's like a devil's food snack cake that devil dog. Yeah, something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, that's it. Um, I also like love deviled eggs. Mmm. And that's it. I don't like any other salad, meat salad, not no. meat salad. No meat salad. We don't get out of here. Um, mine are. I had devil dogs in there as well. Then devils on horseback. Which you probably wouldn't like because you don't really like bacon. That you much. like those? <laughs> Hell yeah, I like those. A fucking almond inside a date wrapped in bacon, sweet, salty. I'm, I'm totally into it. I just Love don't em. like it. I thought that. What's the one where the blue cheese and the date and the bacon? Oh, I don't know about that. That's crazy. Maybe that's a variation of a devil on horseback. It sounds like a. You know a about twist. it? It was all over the every party that you ever went to that had past orders had with these i think that's devils on horseback too but just like a, the original og rest is just all no made. it has its own specific name we've talked about it before on the podcast hold on i'm looking rumakai that's a chicken liver <laughs> that's that old like fashion chicken liver bacon baby and then my number one is a pun it's hamburger helper <laughs> what that's not hamburger helper i don't get it hamburger hell slash per oh hamburger helper does that make it more clear yeah now you sound like count chocula ham oh count chocula that's good too he's from hell um all right and then we were going to talk about our favorite top three movies yep with devils so i have here um rosemary's baby oh very good devil film i love it devil's advocate mm-hmm. and little nikki oh my just god wait kidding. is that norm mcdonald oh, that's no it's adam, adam sandler, sandler and it's horrible i'm just yeah, kidding. yeah yeah okay um my third one is actually constantine which is an obscure ish 
Keanu Reeves yeah, comic yeah, yeah, book yeah. movie that um, is actually really good. I think Tilda Swinton plays the angel Gabriel, and Gavin Rossdale plays Balthazar. Oh yeah. And the guy who plays Satan, Peter Stormare, is just perfect as Satan because he plays like this like <laughs> hip dude. I don't know. I like it. Amazing. And also, the whole premise is like he's gonna die of lung cancer from smoking because he's <laughs> he's been like punished by God or something. Sure. It's pretty good. I'm into it. I'm gonna watch it. It's super like 2000s. Yeah, you should definitely check it out. Tilda Swinton as Gabriel is pretty good. Cool. God bless her. Um, I also have The Devil's Advocate on my list. I have The Devil's, I meant to write The Devil's Rejects, but my computer autocorrected it to The Devil's Regents. (laughs) 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 But The Devil's Rejects, that Rob Zombie movie, is great. Yeah, yeah. And then my numero uno is fucking She-Devil with Roseanne oh, yeah. Barr and Meryl Streep. Meryl Streep, yeah. Back when her career was in the toilet. Yeah, Meryl Streep had to do a couple movies like that uh, where she was the other, like, the other shitty woman. Like that, and a great movie, another great movie, but a weird time for her career was uh, Death Becomes Her. Oh, yeah. That was a Similar weird time role. for her. That was a weird time for Goldie Hawn. That was a weird time for Bruce Willis. For America. For Not like now when everything's so fine and normal. Thank God we're past that <laughs> that time in, in cinema. Um, yeah. Well, this episode was scary. I'm scared. I'm terrified. I'm going right to hell. H-E double hockey sticks. How about the devil's threesome? What's that? What about the devil's milkshake? Ooh, what about... What is a devil's milkshake? <laughs> it's like... When I believe, I don't actually know if this is true, the devil's milkshake is like an example of like a politician, like like when Obama took a sip of the the Michigan, the Flint, Michigan water, and he was like, look, it's fine, you guys. Like, that He did that? He drank the water in Flint to say it was fine? Oh, yeah. It's a, it's cool. a commonly cited messed up moment in history by wow. people on the left only. Somehow never, <laughs> somehow missed that one. I guess that's when I had my Obama blinders on. Um, but uh, I thought you were going to say it's one of those things where, like, it's a game you play, like, Soggy Muffin, where, like, young boys do when they're, like, learning about sex and they all jerk off. That's Lint Biscuit. Well, we called it Soggy Muffin. You guys called it that? Ew. Yeah, it's called Soggy Muffin. I mean, it's a literal interpretation. It's a muffin so- soaked in cum. I thought I don't that's what you were going to talk about. that's something that actually happens, though. <laughs> no. Heavens no. I've only seen it happen, like, three or four times. Oh, do you think the devil's milkshake is a version of that? Where they all I thought the devil's... A delicious exactly. milkshake. I thought that a bunch of teens jizzed into a milkshake, and one of them had to drink it. And that's why it was deviled. Oh, do you have to eat the Soggy Muffin? Yes, yes. The last person to come has to eat the muffin. Ew. Yeah. Don't you think the first person should come? Because that means they're, well, no kink shaming, I guess. Yeah, it's fine. Guys, listen, our, to our <laughs> listeners out there who may or may not be currently playing Soggy Muffin or Soggy Deviled Milkshakes, it's fine. You come first, <laughs> last, or in the middle. It depends how badly you want to drink that milkshake, okay? Yeah. Play it however you want. We're not here to judge you. Yeah. Don't send us your recipe for deviled milkshakes, though, Follow please. your heart. Exactly. Follow your dreams. Straight to hell. Oh, I forgot. the um, Another movie with the devil in it that I like a lot is The Witches of Eastwick. Oh, my fucking God. I love that movie. I watched it so many times over this past quarantine. I, wa- I think I watched it like three or four times in a row. Yeah, it's very good. Vegan. It's, it is truly, 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 really like fucking awesome and fun to watch. Um, Jack Nicholson, hell of a performance, gotta say. That tiny little ponytail and the <laughs> male pattern baldness on top. He was born to play that role. He really, he really was. Um, folks, what a fun, what a fun time. Are you all scared? Yeah. Behave yourselves. Are you going straight to H-E double hockey sticks? No, don't be scared of Satan. Satan is totally chill. That's right. We did learn that Satan is totally chill. Just don't drink his milkshake, okay? <laughs> Make a promise to us. Thank you. All right, Nicole, I love you very much. Can't wait for our lake vacation tomorrow, a romantic lake getaway. Yep. To Leech Island. Uh, I'll see you at 5.30 in the morning. That's when we have to leave. Great. I hope that you don't stay up all night <laughs> since you just drank a cup of coffee. <laughs> uh, love you. Also the devil pasta. Bye bye. Bye.
Life's Banquet is powered by Simplecast. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Or connect with us on Instagram and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can also find us at facebook.com slash heritage radio network. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, and more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be part of the food world's most innovative community? Subscribe to the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join the HRN family by becoming a member. Just click at the heart at the top right of our homepage. And thanks for listening. <laughs>